This is the Happily Living Podcast, where we discuss how to better ourselves by developing routines that set us up for a better existence, uncovering deeper connections with nature, and growing awareness, leaving you with a new relationship between you and the world. Let's get into it. Alright guys, we are back with another Wicked episode on the Happily Living Podcast. I am your host, Gabrielle Brown, and in this episode, we further discuss our abilities on how we can be more in tune with our mind, body, and soul. Now, if you're new to this podcast, it may be best if you first listen to episode 4, Self-Validation. Now, it may seem very confusing or frustrating to know what your body's needs are, or let's say you have a major stomach ache and you feel like your body hates you or your head hurts and you have no idea why. After this episode, I hope you can walk away feeling more confident in how you can listen to your body and therefore be able to further connect with yourself, leading you onto a new path of becoming the best version of yourself. Let's start by sharing my week with y'all. I have gone through a lot of paperwork in closing up on our house. I planned my trip back home together and go through my furniture that has either been thrifted over time or carried down through generations. I also get to turn in my car for my new car lease so I luckily get to start my new lease and close on our home all at the same time. It couldn't have worked out more perfectly because I usually don't get to experience a two-for-one trip. Now pardon Obi, (laughs) this should be the last episode here and while I'm so grateful for being able to spend time here and have a place here, I will have more quiet episodes. No more cars in the background, no more bulls barking away, so (laughs) it'll be good. But anyways, moving forward, as I was saying, I get to experience a two-for-one trip because the lease dates and car pickup are very random. So the fact that I get to go down and get my furniture picked out and picked up and get my new car all at the same time is pretty fantastic. And the drive is eight and a half hours. So it makes it so much better getting to do all this at one time. And I go down on the 21st this Sunday. I work Saturday night, so it's a back-to-back thing. I come back to Michigan on the 23rd, so it is a very quick turnaround, unfortunately, but when I get tired of music, or especially on long drives like this one, I turn on podcast episodes, and I listen to podcasts the entire time for eight and a half hours, and it makes the drive go by so much faster, you guys. I cannot tell you enough. It makes it feel like literally four hours, like not even, which is half the time. Like it's crazy. But anyways, (laughs) back to my week. At work this week, I cut my finger. I was using the mandolin because we have to cut garnishes. And if you don't know what that is, it's a cutting tool that like slices cucumbers, tomatoes, onions. It's a thin slice instead of it being chopped. And later that evening, um, through friends and stuff, I found out that the safety protocols that they provide in the box that are meant to prevent you from getting cut or cutting your finger off or anything, um, are provided and I realized I completely disregarded those safety precautions unintentionally of course but I felt so silly because I totally just put them to the side and I wasn't even thinking I wasn't even thinking I didn't even know I had latex gloves on so I didn't use the the cutting gloves I didn't know okay I just thought it was gloves I just thought I'm not gonna out myself right now I think (laughs) I'm still recovering it's too soon anyways um but it makes cutting more efficient in the kitchen using a mandolin and it's still a 
tool. It's very dangerous. I learned the hard way. I ended up slicing my finger and I'm not gonna get into a visual detail because I know that many people are sensitive to those types of topics, but <laughs> I ended up getting off work early because it was a whole deal and was literally, I was in the middle of passing out. Like, kid you not, I got shaken awake and it was so weird. If you have ever passed out or was even in the middle of passing out, I've never passed out in my life. So being in the middle of that, that was, and somehow being able to get out of it, it was one of the weirdest feelings I have ever experienced. And I <laughs> literally, I felt so dramatic, but it wasn't something I could control at all. Like my head was getting really dizzy. I felt nauseous and lightheaded because I was bleeding and I couldn't look at it. And I didn't think I was the type of person to get nauseous over blood at all, but it was a lot. So it was almost like the combination between losing a lot of blood and looking at it, but it was so weird. I would have never thought I would be nauseous to something like that because I literally am not with animals or anything, but people, it's very strange for me. Apparently I can't do it. <laughs> but anyways, because I got sent home, I was able to go to my sister-in-law's baby shower and that was super awesome. I got to really enjoy our company and play some games and getting the whole family together and celebrate Tati was super cool because I wasn't going to be able to because I was working. And so because I got off work, I got to see them. So that was fun. And then later that night, I went to a watch party to watch the Lions game at one of my friend's house. And it was such an incredible game. If you don't watch the Lions, the Detroit Lions, this game was against the LA Rams and it was 23 to 24 at the end. And it was so good. It was back to back the entire time and it was so good. So that was super fun. Later that week, Ben and I got to do paint swatches. We got to go to Sherwin-Williams and figure out our color scheme based off the Pinterest board that I had made for us. We have like a combined Pinterest board for all the different rooms and what we're designing and what we're wanting to, you know, follow this theme or anything like that. We're kind of going for like this old school, I want to say like English, British, like London fog, like very like darker moody themes, but also at the same time, very like vintagey and retro and yeah, it's hard to explain because I don't really know the name of it, but if you get it, you get it. I hope you get it. But anyway, so we picked out paint swatches and it was a lot of fun. It ended up being a lot of greens. I didn't think it was going to be that much green and I kept telling him, I'm like, Ben, this is a lot of greens. He's like, do you not want to do this one? And I'm like, no, 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 I love them, but like this is a lot of greens. And so we ended up having a lot of greens. <laughs> I can't believe I've said that so many times, but I did. And then a couple of cream variations. One is called Grecian Ivory and the other is called Shiitake. Those names, those names are so fun. I'm so excited. It's going to look so good. Even that we're doing all of the work ourselves, that's going to be a lot, but we're going to do it. It'll be fun. We're going to make it fun. You know, there's not much you can do to make painting the whole house fun, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I don't know if we're going to make it like competition or if we're going to maybe smoke. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good idea. Who knows? Who cares? You're painting walls. It's big walls. It's not like you can really go out of the lines unless it's to the top and we're going to tape it. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to make a fun night out of it because it's going to be a lot. And if you're going to do it, might as well make it the most enjoyable thing you can do at that moment. You know, why not? So I'm excited for that. And then that was pretty much my week. You know, I worked, I slept, 
left, I gave myself some downtime, but I also had a lot of productivity and I didn't lose my finger. So I'm very grateful for that. It could have been way worse. So I'm a happy camper looking back on it. It's healed a lot. Um, although the week was under a lot of tension, we did hear back from our appraisal and got it before our closing date, which everything ended up working out, no matter all the struggles and hurdles and stress that we had gone through. But everything always works out, right? Everything always ends up working out. And I want you to hold on to that message because we're going to have that encompass a lot of things throughout this episode. So now that I've shared my week with you all, I want to focus in on our topics today. Listening to our intuition, our body, and the messages it sends us, the communication we have internally that we may not always be able to understand or be aware of that our body's sending to us. And I want to hone in on the ability of being able to listen to our body's need, to being able to transform the way we look at our life and how everything always works out. Like I said, everything tends to work out no matter what, no matter all the stress we induce ourselves and the worry that we have about what the future outcome could be. I have come a very long way in order to be able to truly let stress not affect me nearly at all or nearly as much as it used to. And I'm not saying I don't get stressed. Like I said, I was stressed last week. I'm human and totally do. However, when I do get stressed, I am able to recognize it far easier and I'm able to better communicate with those around me or even better communicate that to myself in order to manage it and prevent it from controlling my day. So when I get stressed, I'm also able to see what my body's communicating to me to kind of realize that I'm stressed. You know, it shows signs physically within. I get canker sores on my gums or on my tongue and it's the absolute worst. And if I'm extremely stressed, I will get cold sores, which absolutely suck. Now, herpes can be genetic. Like I have a genetic form of herpes and it sucks, but I'm not embarrassed by it. There's nothing I can do about it. I've had it my whole life. It is what it is. So if you get cold sores or canker sores, I totally get it, bro. I totally understand. And if you do, email me because I have so many tips and tricks on how to combat it because they are the freaking worst and you just want to eat normally and you just want to be able to drink water without your mouth stinging. It sucks. It affects you. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> but if I'm not drinking enough water, I will get acne. My head can hurt. I get canker sores. My skin gets dry. My lips could get dry. My bowel movements take longer or aren't consistent. And that may be a TMI, but it's a serious thing with dehydration. If you're not drinking enough water, you're in the bathroom longer and it sucks because you're not, or you're not even able to go. And you need to in order to continuously move the nutrients throughout your body and get rid of the waste. Now, when I talk about acne, I'll continue on that discussion because I'll explain it a little bit more, but I'm going to list out the various things that happen that my body communicates to me. That way you can kind of see the signs and how they're related. I also don't sleep well if I'm dehydrated. If I'm burnt out, I won't be able to remember words and conversations. It's almost like it is always on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember what the word is or what the name is. And, and that also sucks. And I notice I get frustrated or have a short temper span. And if I am burnt out, I also get inflammation pretty badly in my body overall. When I have soccer games every week, and my body is under stress and I have inflammation or I'm burnt out, my quad tense up. I am unable to play as proficiently, making it easier for me to strain my quad. I've strained it in the past and it's the worst. Literally, I'm in so much pain. I've learned the hard way. I am 
unable to walk normally or use my leg very well and it takes a couple of weeks of rest for it to heal. I have to make sure that I'm taking care of my body because I don't want to miss out on soccer games. That sucks. I'm paying for it. I really enjoy it. I really love playing with my friends. We have a great time. It's only once a week. I don't want to miss out for two weeks. You only have so many games in a season. So I got to make sure I take care of my body. I got to make sure I drink enough water. I got to make sure that I am listening to it. If I'm burnt out, even though I've been laying around, I could be stressed and I'm burnt out from my stress. You have to listen to yourself. In fact, last night I was kind of fighting myself on understanding why I'm burnt out and I need to be doing this and I needed to be doing this for the podcast and whatnot but I was just really stressed. I think that there was a lot of underlying anxiety that I need to look at and work on that took a toll on me this week. Like I said I am able to manage stress a lot easier but if there is underlying anxiety if there are things that I need to work on that may have been something I you know developed a long time ago and I haven't really come back and looked at it and said to myself hey like this happened and this is why you react this way or this is why you tell yourself this so when I just shut that down right or or devalidate my own feelings I'm not able to use my my caloric my energy levels properly because I'm using so much of my calories during the day to maintain my stress or to formulate what Whatever's going on in my mind. So I've said it in previous episodes too that eating a lot of a high percentage actually goes into your mind and everything you think about and the stress and whatever else. So if you're stressing out all day, you could be wearing down your body and then you get burnt out and you feel like you hadn't done quite literally anything physically demanding that day, but you're burnt out and you're fighting yourself on whether you should be burnt out or not. And that's that's kind of like a mind versus body thing. You're fighting against what your body's trying to tell you. So if you're burnt out, you just gotta listen to yourself. You don't need to give a reason. If others are like, why you? Why are you so tired? You haven't done anything. Okay, hold up. That's not really validating that's not very nice like they shouldn't know what's going on with you if they don't respect it it's fair family sometimes does that they don't know but to respect and be able to recognize what your body's telling you and listen to it can help a lot of things that would have come down the road not happen like straining my quad because I'm listening to my body because I'm actually really burnt out mentally drained now if I am craving chocolate I know that I need iron in my body. If I'm craving veggies, it means I'm not getting enough fiber in my diet or enough nutrients. I'm missing some nutrients that my body's craving in order to fulfill that nutrient deficiency. If I'm getting stressed and feeling unfulfilled, it typically means I'm not being active enough to help with my energy levels. And I'm able to differentiate different types of stress because I've kind of recognized that and I've been on this journey for quite a bit, so I'm able to notice if the stress is dealing with something um, emotionally, relationship-wise, or if the stress is dealing with something from not drinking enough water and not being active enough and anxiety, you know, just not being there for myself, not spending enough time on myself. That can be related more to working out, maybe doing more self-care stuff, maybe reading more, maybe journaling more, maybe I can do this and this and this to help myself feel like I'm 
spending more quality time with myself and paying attention to myself. Now, if my nails are breaking really easily or my hair looks dry on the ends and kind of brittle, I know that I'm not eating enough protein. My protein intake is too little to satisfy my needs right now. If I'm constantly feeling unsatisfied after leaving a meal, right, and I'm actually full but I'm just unsatisfied, then I also know that I'm not eating enough protein. But this didn't just come to me in a book or was told to me by a doctor. Like I said, I had to learn how I could become more in tune with my body and be able to better recognize when my body is trying to tell me what I need. And this has been a journey for me for quite some time now and I'm still learning. Obviously last week I or last night like I was fighting against myself. It's something that we have been trained to do for so long so you have to continuously be there and recognize that so you can unlearn what you've learned and learn new ways of accommodating to your needs. So let's turn this towards something that you can feel could be relatable. Do you consistently feel like your head hurts and you don't know why? but you think you've been drinking so much water. You're like, my head hurts and I've been drinking so much water. Couple things. If you actually look and track how many water bottles you drink, you can see how much you take in every day. And you may in fact not be drinking as much water as you think you are. That happens way more often than you know. That happened to me. It's, <laughs> you think you're drinking a lot of water, but it's because you're not used to drinking enough water regardless. The average water consumption on a daily basis for each person should be a minimum of 96 ounces. And that's three, 32 ounce water bottles. So most individuals nowadays have a 32 ounce water bottle like Stanley or Yeti or whatever, right? And if you have at least three of these, you're, you're pretty golden. If you have at least three of these, no problem. You should expand that to four. So drink four of those water bottle equivalents a day. That is the goal because if you have four 32 ounce water bottles, that means you're drinking 128 ounces. That's equivalent to a gallon of water a day. And you may think that <laughs> that can be really overwhelming, that might make your eyes pop out, but instead of looking at the whole staircase, look at the first step. Look at when you can apply that and drink more water throughout your day. So whenever you are hungry, first drink eight ounces of water, even if you don't want to, even if you have to chug it, okay? Just chug it, get it over with. We all know you chug alcoholic drinks or soft drinks way quicker and more willingly than water. And water is so much more beneficial to our body. So just remember, water helps you chug it down and then eat. <laughs> and that may come off kind of harsh. I, I get that. There's not a good way you could say guzzle <laughs> instead of chug, but the thing is guys, water is so necessary for our body to properly function and a lot of people don't like water but that's because you're not drinking enough of it to crave it. If you start making this a habit, let's say you want to do this, okay? Maybe set yourself a goal. Say, I'm going to drink three 32 ounce waters a day for an entire week. I'm just gonna do it for a week and see how I feel. A seven days is not that difficult, so you do it. Well, now you kind of made a habit. Now you kind of crave it. You actually do. The temporary feeling of hating water is only based on your habit and how often you drink water. So if you start drinking it, 
more often you will start to crave it. And that goes for anything that you have every single day. If you start having coffee every single day, you're gonna start craving coffee every single day. If you have fries or celery and ranch or, I don't know, candy, that's not the best example. But if you have any of those every single day, let's say for a week, let's say for five days, let's say for three days, you're gonna start craving it because that's what your body likes and knows or that's what your body knows. You may not like the water in the beginning, but that's what your body knows and you'll start to crave it. You can add a little slice of lemon in there. Do whatever to make it taste better and get you into it more and enjoy it in the beginning so you can kind of get onto that schedule. Now, when I say drink eight ounces of water before you eat when you feel hungry, not only does this help your body identify if you're actually hungry or you are actually just dehydrated, but once you do this and create a habit of it, you are more easily able to achieve drinking more water every single day. It'll dissipate those headaches related to dehydration and help your body properly function. Now, let us look at energy levels. A ton of people will rely on Red Bull or Celsius or coffee or whatever kind of energy drink that they prefer and when people rely on these it tends to mean you aren't getting enough sleep nor fueling your body with the proper foods it needs to function and convert it into energy and your body can communicate this to you through headaches lower energy levels if you substitute this communication for an energy drink you are drinking less water than drinking water and your hydration levels go even lower so the dehydration isn't directly correlated from the energy drinks but more so indirectly influenced by the energy intake and it deflates your proper awareness for your nutritional needs. Some days you may need that extra energy for work or to get things done. I get it, but doing it every day, drinking a Red Bull, drinking a Celsius every single day, drinking a coffee every single day, it isn't helping you. And it's actually becoming a habit that you're gonna crave. And when you crave these things, it makes habit breaking so much more harder. And it just pushes you farther and farther away from you understanding and listening to your body's needs. And for me, I prefer a coffee. I usually get it from a small business instead of Starbucks or even make myself a green tea, especially at work. Those are easily accessible, but obviously you like what you like and you're going to do you. So just know if you are tired, maybe you aren't getting enough rest or getting the proper source of nutrients through your dietary lifestyle to convert into good and sustaining energy that you need throughout the day. So just maybe look at that, maybe become more aware of it so that way you can kind of understand what your body's trying to communicate to you and that way you can provide and supply your body those needs to feel better and be better fueled. Now, when your body is telling you you're not getting enough rest, that means you're not getting enough restorative repair in your body for you to function properly. So until you do that for yourself, you won't be feeling energized naturally and absorbing nutrients fully and developing more cells to replace dead ones and so on. It's a vicious cycle you are putting yourself through and that is not benefiting you now nor in the long run. So prioritize your health. A saying I have always loved is if you take care of it, it will take care of you. And that is applicable to pretty much everything. Your car, your body, your house, your education, your finances, 
whatever it is. If you take care of it, it will take care of you. So if you want to start feeling better and you want to start being able to listen to the messages your body is subliminally sending you, start with energy. Start with sleep and hydration. This is the foundational step in taking care of your body so you can start functioning the way we are supposed to. If you want to lose weight or you want to gain muscle, drink water and get rest. If you don't drink enough water, your body isn't able to properly provide the necessary building blocks to build muscle, nor can it burn fat properly. And if you want to have soft lips and clear skin, drink water, get rest. If you don't drink enough water, your lips start to crack and get dry. And your skin, this is what I was telling you I'd come back to, your skin, the biggest organ in in your body, isn't able to stay hydrated and protect your skin barrier, especially on your face. So your moisture protection, the moisture barrier that protects your face from getting bacteria and prevents overproduction of oil will be compromised and you will start to break out and have acne and not just on your face, but depending on the individual, that can also happen on your back, your chest, your legs, yes even your legs and you have to stay hydrated and you have to get good sleep if you want to achieve a cheese if you want to achieve these personal goals if you want the bare minimum do the bare minimum if you want to take care of your body it will take care of you and we will definitely build off of this as we continue because there are more expansive ways our body communicates to us that like i said i'm still learning and growing with that are done after the foundation has been developed So when you start to crave water and enjoy drinking it and you look forward to getting into bed and getting a good night's rest, that is when you know you have created a beautiful foundation that sets you up for the next step of becoming more in tune with oneself. We all know, or I hope that we all know, what gets us excited, what we enjoy doing and look forward to. If you are able to be alone for 10 minutes and just think to yourself, what gets you excited? What do you want to get back into? Is it sports? Is it art and creativity? Is it learning a new language or trying new foods in your area? Is it to cook more or read more? Is it to do crochet? Is it to go for runs? Is it to walk more? Is it to find more people who get you? What are things that you can do? Whatever it is, I want you to write it down and acknowledge the things that spark your interest no holds barred so regardless of the free time you have or the finances to dive into something like this just hold this space for yourself and recognize what gets you excited what keeps you busy without it being a chore or a task but an activity that fuels your creative flow and personality the second thing i want you to do is to be able to see if this is attainable for you is this something you could incorporate in your life or are there excuses you have when it comes to adding into your lifestyle once you do that i want you to look at what you have that gets you excited and look at what is preventing you from doing that. Is the prevention worth it or is it just an excuse you tell yourself that actually puts you in your own way, that puts you in between making something that isn't supporting you and making you into your truest self? Maybe it is being around certain people that prevent you from going after this hobby or maybe it is the lack of respect and love you have for yourself that prevents you from spending even five dollars on yourself because you don't think you will stick with it or are worth it. These are things that can prevent you from being confident and more so living the life you want to live. Being happy with your life, feeling in control, and finding ways to enjoy your time you have on this planet. It may also change your perspective on how you feel about yourself. Do you respect yourself or do you think you're just going to give up on the things you look forward to doing? Do you feel that you could be doing all of these things but there isn't time? Why isn't there time? Are you not prioritizing your mental health and you're making your 9 to 5 or any other commitment a higher priority 
than yourself because you quote unquote need the money? All of these questions are stated not out of judgment, but out of internal thought. And many of us feel these on a day-to-day -day basis. And by looking inward at how we approach ourselves and our lives, we can see where we have been letting life and other people decide for us on how we're going to live versus our own selves and taking control of the life that we want. Just by providing ourselves outlets of happiness, can we develop respect, confidence, love, energy, and attract like-minded people into our lives? It is that simple. Find what sparks your creativity and passion for life and make it happen. Make it a priority in your spare time. Maybe change up your work schedule even if it is for one day and follow through on what you say you're going to do that day. If you take care of it, it will take care of you. Now, expanding on that saying, I want us to look at how we take care of our planet. If you don't recycle, if you don't minimize your consumption and your waste, if you don't care about your surroundings, it will not be able to care for you in return. No judgment, it's just a simple fact. Let's say you're going on vacation or a girl's trip or a guy's weekend, whatever it is, and you feel that you need new clothes because you don't have anything to wear. So you look for cheap stuff that can work for this trip but are still some good pieces. You look to Shein, you look to Forever 21, whatever store that can be cheap and easy to find pieces from. This, this contributes to the production of fast fashion and carbon emissions. If you feel guilty, maybe there's a reason. But if you don't feel guilty, then I feel like it's possible you aren't fully aware of the, the issue at hand. I'm not making you feel guilty. It's an internal feeling. I'm not making you feel bad and I hope I don't make anyone feel bad but it's just an approach that I'm trying to express to you guys the intensity that these decisions that we make have on our planet. You may think well everyone does it how does it change anything if just me alone changes my purchasing habits and no one else but you aren't the only person changing your habits. In fact the rising exposure of fast fashion, slave labor, forced labor, carbon emissions, and unsustainable practices and use of of resources, Shein has lost over a hundred million dollars last year. As many instant pages expose them of the damage they contribute to our environment and to people's health. Now we have Timu, based in America but still owned by a Chinese company, and while they claim to advocate for proper labor laws and pay, they are still showing the inability to follow through with these claims, as they have been exposed to slave labor and are a major contributor to fast fashion and the production of carbon emissions. Guys, let's just break down what global warming and climate change really is because if this doesn't stress you the fuck out, I don't think you fully grasp the concept of how damaging these companies are to our planet and our own survival. Climate change is the change over time in our environment's natural climate. It's just a change in climate. Simple enough. Global warming is the warming of the planet, the warming of the globe. Everyone on the globe is affected by this warming and ever-increasing temperatures that are now or what would be considered normal, but it's an actual continual incline. Carbon emissions are such a problem because as you know we breathe out carbon dioxide. Factories emit carbon dioxide. Pretty much everything is a constant source of emitting carbon dioxide. Plants require carbon dioxide in order to undergo cellular respiration and photosynthesis but the rate at which we produce these carbon emissions is far greater than our planet can properly use and need. As these carbon emissions are produced and hanging in the atmosphere, heat begins to get trapped. Carbon dioxide holds heat 
heat better than any other element. And as we continue to pump carbon emissions at greater rates than ever before, there's nowhere for them to go except into our atmosphere. And the more carbon dioxide, the more heat that is trapped. Did you know that our oceans absorb 96% of these carbon emissions? Therefore, 96% of the heat that is trapped within these gases are now absorbed into our oceans. So let's make this relatable. If our internal core temperature went from the typical 97 degrees to about 102, 103, 104 degrees, the effects would be fatal. Our organs and cells are not able to withstand such high internal temperatures to function properly. So if we had a high core temperature for a long period of time, our body would undergo permanent brain damage, febrile seizures, induced stress affecting our cardiovascular systems, our respiratory systems, our physiology changes, and can result in multi-organ failure and circulatory shock. Our heart rate would increase being under stress. It is now in a fight or flight mode. Our nerve cells would misfire, leading to severe headaches like migraines, causing fatigue, nausea. Our body would undergo hypothermia or worst case scenario, heat exhaustion. And all of these can lead to fatality. So we wouldn't be able to survive the damages caused by this long-term high core temperature. Now let us look at what our oceans are going through due to their environment and rising in temperatures. Now as the ocean absorbs the heat, the water temperatures rise and the pH level is now changing due to the change in element ratios. So as carbon emissions are absorbed into our oceans, the level of acidity also increases. So many organisms like sharks and coral reefs, they are heavily cartilage developed. And what this means is, you know this structure in your ear? That's cartilage. It's flimsy. It can move. It helps them in a lot of ways. It's very beneficial. However, when you have a rise in acidity, that deteriorates the cartilage. So the fact that sharks are completely cartilage-based, they have no skeletal structure bone-wise, this affects them greatly. Their teeth begin to erode, then they can't eat, and if they can't eat and hunt properly, then they starve and die. And sharks are very, very pivotal. They're very important to our entire ecosystem and our survival in many indirect and direct ways. When you look at coral reefs, and we're going to discuss a lot about coral reefs, they are cartilage-based. So when you have the rise in water temperatures and the rise of internal temperatures and then the increase of acidity levels, these organisms are heavily affected, especially in prolonged exposure. And with their core temperatures rising within these coral reefs, their internal body temperatures, similar to our bodies, react the same way if we had an internal temperature of 102 or higher in degrees. And when these internal temperatures rise, the algae that produces food for the coral called zooxanthellae, they undergo high levels of stress, which in turn induce the production of toxins in some coral, or they just stop the food production altogether. So this, these algae inside corals are how corals get food. And when they stop producing, the overall coral are here for self-preservation. They automatically go for, you know, this isn't working. It's, there's something wrong with them. Let's just expel them. So they expel the zooxanthellae out of their body, out of their tissues, and then they're left with no way of getting food, no source of it. So then with these coral reefs having no source of food, no feeding channel, they end up starving. And you hear about the coral bleaching. And what that is, is these corals turning white. When you see them turning white, that is actually their skeletal structure. Their entire skeletal structure is the white part. These very important ecosystems that provide shelter, food, protection, 
protection for hundreds of species, from fish to crabs to eels to other flora and fauna that heavily rely on this coral reef, are now disappearing. The hundreds of species that depend on that coral now have no food, no shelter, many eggs and juvenile organisms that are in this area of coral as a nursery don't have the protection or nutrients they need to survive. Sharks no longer have their main source of food in these areas where they aren't hunted. <laughs> Clownfish and many other mutually beneficial organisms do not have that relationship, that mutualism, and their species, their spawning grounds for future generations are in dramatic decline. Turtles, octopus, manatees, dolphins, these are all indirectly affected because their habitats no longer provide them the nutrients they need to survive. Their our biggest source of protein dramatically declines due to their loss of coral. So let's let's break it down some more. Many fish that once spawned in coral reefs that grow up from egg to juvenile to adult fish okay, they are no longer able to be there to increase the population to do any of this because the coral reefs that provide these nutrients and protection are there. They're dying off, they're disappearing, and so all the numbers in various hundreds of species of populations go down. And when their population starts to decline, all of the species that eat these fish, that use this, let's say mackerel and herring as a source of food, are now being indirectly affected and beginning to starve themselves because there isn't enough food for them. Well, want to know what eats mackerel and herring? Dolphins. Dolphins eat mackerel and herring. Well, let's say that what is left for them is taken by fishermen because overfishing is a huge problem and when you have decreasing numbers in fish and then you have overfishers, these numbers in dolphins decline even more dramatically. So you have multiple problems happening just from, you know, overfishing and carbon emissions, but it's mainly carbon emissions right now. We're able to actually regulate more fishermen catches. However, carbon emissions are still a huge problem. Overfishing is still a huge problem, but carbon emissions and global warming and climate change are a dramatic problem. But did you know that coral reefs provide an economic contribution, according to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, of over a hundred million dollars annually? But that doesn't include the surrounding local economy that receive over $575 billion. $575 billion plus the $100 million in revenue from ecotourism, fisheries, provisions of jobs that are equated from coral reefs. Hopefully this information, <laughs> you are better understanding the importance of coral reefs and the benefits they provide to us and the major loss we would contribute to and be heavily affected by without them. So you may say, that sucks. And now I feel like I'm seeing all all this happen and there isn't much I can do about it. I'm just one person and a sad one at that. Actually, that is why I'm here. That is a huge reason as to why this podcast exists. For one, there are many ways we can positively impact our planet just as much as we can heavily contribute to it negatively. We can start thrifting and completely boycotting Timu, Shein, Forever 21, and purchasing clothes off Amazon. I know a huge change for some of you because Amazon's very easily, you know, attainable. You can get 
things in two days. Forever 21's around the corner, it's cheap. Shein and Timu give you all different options that you normally wouldn't be able to afford. I get it, I get it, I understand. But you gotta be there for yourself and you gotta be there for the planet. If you take care of it, it will take care of you. Just remember that when moving forward because this can be difficult. You may say it's not that big of a deal, I'll just do it this one time, but that creates a habit. But I know a huge change can mean a better thing. If many ways you can get cute clothes that don't contribute to fast fashion is by googling them. We have the most advanced technological ways to educate ourselves on ways we can be more sustainable in our purchases. Another way we can protect coral reefs and our oceans is by limiting our utility use at home. You might be like, what? Yeah. One of the biggest contributing productions of carbon emissions are actually heat and electricity. So turn off all the lights when you leave a room, make that a habit, turn off the heat or AC when you aren't at home, or better yet, leave it at the same temperature if you have a smart thermostat and have it regulated by a time schedule. If you have power strips, turn them off when you leave the house or at night to prevent phantom mode. It's actually a huge contribution to utility use and electricity use. It'll continue using electricity even though you're not using it. So by doing this, you can also save money. <laughs> But even if you're not worried about that, this is helping the planet in ways that you never thought would be that big of a deal. It is. If you are able to carpool as often and as as you can, that can heavily reduce the amount of gas used if everyone is going to the same place. So who doesn't love carpooling, hanging out with friends a little bit longer, getting to drive less and taking turns, saving money? Now let's look at sunscreen. A lot of sunscreens contain chemical components that not only harm our skin, alter the pH balance of the water, fresh water, and our oceans. All water systems lead to the ocean. So even if you aren't near an ocean, be cognizant of what you put down the drain. There are plenty of reef-safe sunscreens that are found to be more effective and moisturizing to your skin. And if you can, avoid aerosol sunscreens. They aren't as effective, you go through them faster, and they aren't good for the environment. So opt for the creams. I personally like Korean skincare. I have been using these products for two years now, and my skin and the planet are in love. <laughs> I use Rovectin sunscreen. It is plant-based, reef safe, and gentle on my sensitive skin. I have rosacea and eczema, and it truly helps with them. Um, it creates an extra moisture barrier, and it is a smaller bottle, but I put it on every single day, and it doesn't feel like sunscreen at all because I used to hate sunscreen and the gritty, greasy feeling it left on my skin, and it would be so itchy but Rovectin does not feel like that at all. I am in love with the product and even though I use it every day, it takes me about four to six months to even go through the whole thing. It's about $31 and it's definitely taken away those forehead lines and it totally, it's totally worth it. I will link this one I use and some others too that I heard are great. I also use Alba sunscreen or Goop for my body, but Goop can be more on the expensive end, so Alba is also a really good option. And more ways you can protect the reefs is by recycling properly. Items one and two only. Remember, the numbers inside the triangle, one and two can be recycled. And eliminating the use of plastic bags when you purchase products, whether that is from the grocery store or any store like Target, Sephora, REI, whatever, wherever you go for that matter. 
Just veto the use of the plastic bag and put your hands to use. And if there are too many items for you to easily carry, start by keeping a reusable bag on you. They have great ones that conform to a travel size. There's some that can clip to your keys or you can put it in your car to grab on the way into a store. I can link some. But Ben and I use Lululemon bags or any bags that are reusable. And like I said, I sometimes forget my bags and will bring the cart out to the car and put them in my laundry basket and then put the cart in the cart corral outside. That's what they're there for. So there are plenty of ways you can make an impact as an individual. And now that you are more aware of what is happening to our oceans, you can share this insight with your friends and your family because it is interesting and it is affecting us and these ecosystems and organisms and animals and marine megafauna are so cool. They're on our planet and it's just like Avatar. It's such an amazing experience to know that we are truly deeply connected with them. We are interconnected on this planet and we all thrive when we are protecting each other. So bring it to the dinner table. It's an interesting topic and it doesn't deal with politics. Let others know the importance of caring. I am your host, Gabrielle, and this is the end of our episode on the season of Love Your Mother. Have a great weekend, and I will catch you guys on February 1st for another episode on the Happily Living Podcast. With love, 